In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Here today we find ourselves on the third week of Lent. Third week, the third Sunday of Lent. And as it is that we go forward, we finish two weeks of Lent. We're trying to really keep our eyes fixed on the resurrection. We're trying to keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And what we have to realize today is that we're still traveling through the desert. And the more in which it is that we travel through the desert, if we remember... The desert is a place of no distractions. It's a place where it's very barren. There's not much that's growing. There's not much that's going on. We really put aside our distractions. We put aside our sins. We try to focus more on the very basics of what it means to be a Christian. On the very basics of what it means to be a disciple. Of what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. And so as we put aside these distractions. As we put aside now our sins. As we put aside these things. Here it is. We keep our eyes fixed upon Jesus. And the question that always pops up in our head during this Lent, what it is that we're trying to focus on is, Lord Jesus, what is distracting me from you? What is it in my life that I can't seem to really kind of pluck out, that I can't really seem to kind of cut out? What is it in my life that is keeping me from seeing you? That's what we're getting at during Lent. And so as it is that we go through Lent, as it is that we go through our fasting, as it is that we go through what it is that we gave up, as it is that we go through our almsgiving, as it is that we go through so much more prayer, as it is that we focus our eyes ever more intently upon the altar, ever more intently upon Jesus, these are the questions that continue to come up, right? Everything's pushed to the side. There are, more, there are fewer distractions than normal. You know, if we're failing so far during this Lent, this is a good time to reflect and pick ourselves back up. But here we are, we're going forward, less distractions, we're trying to cut out the sin out of our life, and now here we are, our eyes fixed upon Jesus. The more it is that we find out about Jesus in our life, now it is, what are we faced with? We see the frustrations in our life. The constant frustrations, the constant sins. We finally see those things, the more we know ourselves a little bit better, the more it is that we quiet down everything in our life, that everything begins to calm down, Now it is we begin to really see those things that worry us, those things that frustrate us, those things that we keep falling into, whether they're sins or frustrations or things in our life that we can't just seem to control and cause anxiety, right? And there are no shortage of these frustrations in life. These frustrations happen at every stage of life. If we're parents, we're frustrating. We have frustrations with raising families. If it is that we're going to school, we have frustrations of studying, of going to school, of of being there all day, right? We have frustrations of running businesses. We have frustrations with family. We have frustrations with sin, whether it's pride, lust, gossip, laziness, you know, money overall else, whether it's anger, whether it's relationships, whether it's making ends meet. All these things are what frustrate us. All these things are going to be constant worry upon us. All these things that we have to strive to overcome. Now it is that Jesus is telling us to trust in Him more and more. And to hand over these frustrations, to hand over these sins, over to Him more and more. To be able to trust Him. That's what He's looking for. That is what He's asking for. But in order for us to be able to trust Him more and more, we need to figure out what it is in our life that's going wrong. What it is in our life that we can't seem to figure out. What are the sins that I keep falling into? I want us to recognize, my brothers and sisters, the gravity of our sins. Our sins, how much it is, that they not only affect God, but they affect God and they hurt God, and that here is God 
who comes to us, who comes in the midst of us, and he comes to the midst of us because he realizes just how damaging sin becomes for all of us. That we realize that with sin that we can't really live the way we ought to live. And St. Paul tells us this so well today, that he talks about this frustration with the sin that he has in his life, right? Here he is, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh, I am this bodily stuff, and I'm sold into slavery under sin. I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now if I do what I do not want, I agree that the law is good, but in fact it is no longer I that do it, but sin that dwells within me. For I know that nothing good dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. I can will what is right, but I cannot do it. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I do. Now if I do not do what I want, it is no longer I that do it, but the sin that dwells within me. It's a man who's frustrated. It's a man who's at his wit's end. It's a man who doesn't quite get it. It's a man who's trying to really grasp the reality of sin. He's grasped the reality and he realizes just how important it is to accept Jesus during this life, right? How much it is that we're striving for and why it is that we're striving to overcome sin. How seriously it is that we should take it. Here is St. Paul who realizes, I am sold into slavery by my sinful actions. I am sold into slavery by my frustrations. I am sold into slavery by these things. And it's in the first Gospel of John that we read, right? When it comes for Epiphany, when it comes for then, how that very, that season after Christmas. That the light of the world enters into the world, but people become so used to the darkness that they'd rather sit in the darkness than see the light of Jesus. They'd rather sit in the darkness than see the light of Jesus. They'd rather sit in the darkness where it is that it's more convenient for them, where it is that they understand it more and more. They'd rather sit in the darkness and to be able to turn over their hearts to Jesus. But to turn away from sin. Because my brothers and sisters, it's not easy at all to turn away from sin. Not at all. The world says do this, do that, do this. You name it, you have a good time, you're not hurting anybody, you're do, just doing good by you. You know, these things don't really matter. Blah, 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 all these things. But they don't bring life to you. They make you a slave whether you see it or not. That is what St. Paul is trying to get at. Sin is frustrating. Sin, if we get too comfortable in it, will bring us nothing but death. That is what he's getting. Today's gospel story, as it is that Jesus tells his disciples, he's telling them, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be delivered up by the people who I have come to save. I am going to be delivered up, and I'm going to be given to the Gentiles, to the Romans by the Jews, by the very people I've come to save. I'm going to be given up to them, and I'm going to die for the people I've come to really redeem. And now here I am, I'm going to be spit upon, I'm going to be tortured, I'm going to be, to be hated, I'm going to be reviled, I'm going to die on the cross. He tells them what's going to happen. And then what's the next thing they do? The mother of the sons of Zebi come up, and she asks him for her sons to sit in his kingdom. One at his right hand, one on his left hand. And that's what it is that they're focused on. Jesus should be very frustrated. Jesus should be very angry. Jesus should be scolding them, but he doesn't. Gently he leads them to the truth. Gently he leads them to what it means to be a Christian. Very gently. He tells them, do you understand what it is that you're asking? Do you understand what it is, what it means to be my disciple? Do you understand what it means to follow me? Do you understand that when it is that you follow me, that when it is that you keep your eyes fixed upon the cross, as us Christians do, when we keep our eyes fixed upon the cross, that is what it is that we're going to go through. 
That's not just something to look at, something that, you know, through tradition that we've always just been kind of like, oh, that's what Jesus did for us, and we, we would trust Him. That's what it is that we're going to go through as Christians. That each and every one of us is called to die on the cross. And it shows in James and John, two brothers who are asking Jesus for this. They ask, Jesus asks them, are you able to drink of my cup? Are you able to suffer with me? Are you able to suffer with me each and every day? Are you able to suffer for my name's sake? Are you able to follow me each and every day? And they say, yes, we can. And Jesus says, I know, I know. But understand what it is that you're asking. My brothers and sisters, nobody enters into Christianity. Nobody follows Jesus and doesn't know what the cost is. The cost is very great to follow Jesus. It's going to hurt. That's what Jesus is getting. Nobody fall into the lie that Christianity is comfortable. Jesus says it from the beginning. And we know it from the story of James and John. Historically, in the history of the church, James is the first one out of the twelve apostles to die a martyr's death. We're told in Acts chapter 12, verse 2, that he dies by the sword. And so he is the first one who is asked to renounce his faith in Jesus or die, and he does it. He keeps strong to the faith, and he goes with his eyes towards Jesus, understanding that what is what it means to be a Christian is to follow him even until the point of death. My brothers and sisters, for most of us, we're not going to go through a persecution like this in the U.S. It's not a thing. No one's going to come to your head. And no one's going to come to you, put a gun to your head, and say to you, convert or die. It's very rarely going to happen. And so, here's James, who dies in martyr's death. Here is John, who the church tells us is the only one out of the twelve to live up until the ripe old age of a hundred. And that is when he dies. But he also dies a martyr's death. And this is also what it is that we are called to do. That each and every day, when it is that sin is presented to us, that when it is that we fight against sin, that when it is that we fight against the darkness, and we travel more towards the light, that now it is that we are saying to Jesus, I am dying a death each and every day by choosing for you and away from myself. I am choosing you, Lord Jesus, when I die to myself, when I don't choose what it is that I want, but what it is that you want, for me, that is what it means to be a Christian. That is what it means to follow the example of dying a martyr's death. We might not die a very bloody martyrdom, but we die a white martyrdom. We die when it is that we die with Jesus. That's what he's getting at. That when we realize what it is that sin does to us, we realize there is only one physician, there is only one doctor who is able to heal us, and that is Jesus Christ. St. Paul ends this frustrating letter. By saying this, For I delight in the law of God in my inmost self, but I see in my members another law at war with the law of my mind, making me captive of the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, terrible person that I am, sinner that I am, he says, Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where you find his answer. That's where the light is. Jesus. Very simply put, Brothers and sisters, we go back into the desert during this Lent because it is that we're trying to figure out who we are in relationship to Jesus. And the more we figure out who we are in relationship to Jesus, the more we realize our sins. The more we realize how much it is that we're growing during this Lent. Reflect on your Lent. How's it been going so far? Where do I need to grow? What are the distractions? What are the frustrations in my life I need to bring up to Jesus? 
What is it that I need to add in more and more into my life? Maybe more prayer. Maybe to keep my eyes fixed upon Jesus more. Maybe the more in which I pray, the more in which I can solve how it is that I can make it through these frustrating moments and give the more over to Jesus. Maybe it means fasting. Maybe it means being more inconvenienced in your fast. Because, my brothers and sisters, to be inconvenienced is to truly love. To be inconvenienced, and you know this, spouses, right, are always going to be inconvenienced by each other. Families, parents, you're always inconvenienced by your children. Children are always inconvenienced by their parents. But that's what love is. Love is to be inconvenienced. And the more in which we are in our own relationship with God, the more in which we are inconvenienced during this fast, we say, oh, maybe this is too hard. Maybe I'll scale back a little bit. Don't do that. Don't scale back. Be inconvenienced for the sake of Jesus. Because, my brothers and sisters, when we are inconvenienced for His sake, He is also inconvenienced for our sake. Because the cross is not a convenient thing. Not at all. It's not a comfortable thing at all. That's what we're called to during Lent. To die more to ourselves. To be inconvenienced so that we can learn to love more. That we can learn how to root out these sins. To be able to be faithful disciples of Jesus. So when he tells us, are you able to drink of my cup? We say yes. Yes, Lord Jesus. I am able to drink of your cup each and every day when I reject sin. And allow you more and more into my life. Amen? Amen.